Amen. So I'm, and also another thing is, uh, I, 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 I don't do the iPad thing or anything like that. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just got the old fashioned, uh, you know, paper and leather Bible. And if you've got that as well, if you wanted to go ahead and bookmark, uh, Luke chapter 15, that's where we're going to go today. And I want to talk about giving it all in 2022, you know, 2021, uh, for our family was a little, a little crazy. A little crazy. Uh, we did a lot in 2021. We we traveled literally the United States from coast to coast. We went to Mexico. Uh, we went to Washington, D.C. We went to uh, the Grand Canyon. We went to Utah. We went to Wyoming, I, uh, Illinois. Went, I drove over. I probably literally drove. I can't even know it. So over 7,000, no, probably 8,000 miles when you can't. Anyway, big 2021. It was nuts. And we made some really big decisions, stuff that scared us to death. We decided that, you know, we wanted something different in our lives. So as uh, some of you may not know, uh, Holly and I, the Christensen family, moved here from a town called Puyallup, Washington, uh, back in, uh, officially in November. I came a little bit earlier in August and came here to be the family life pastor of Hammock Street Church, which has been great. We were enjoying it. Um, but the, the decision to make that happen was all built up to saying, you know what, we've kind of had our life in, in, a, in a drudge. We were kind of hitting a, a dead end, not really feeling like we were uh, doing anything big for the kingdom. Uh, we had taken some uh, a few years off of ministry, but felt like God was pulling us back in as to where and when and how we didn't know. So we, we just gave it out there to God. And one thing led to another. And we're here in Boca Raton, Florida, which uh, we, we, what better place to have to come from the Pacific Northwest uh, to the opposite side of the United States to Florida. Uh, but along the path, though, it was, it was challenging. Is this the right decision? Uh, are we just, are, are we walking away from uh, our life that we have created in order to uproot and come and start something totally new. It's freaky. And maybe some of you have done the same thing. Maybe it was in the earlier years of life and you think back and you think of how adventurous that was. Maybe you're in a point of life as well where maybe you're just feeling like, man, just things are just too much in a rut. Maybe things that have gone on that, that you're second guessing decisions that you made way back when, or maybe making now, or afraid of those decisions that you know that are going to come in the near future. 2022, though, is looking at us square in the face. We don't know. Obviously, we know the last couple years, uh, the only thing to expect is the unexpected. Amen? And uh, we all have our personal journey going on which is challenging because in some ways it's similar to other people. It's similar to other family members. It might be similar to coworkers, but individually we got stuff going on. And there are things that even kind of sit in the background, the wallpaper of our life that are telling us either reminding us of things that we decided that was a good decision, or maybe seeing some things that were a bad decision, or maybe the decisions that we can't even make that are out of our control. And really over the last couple of years, especially being from the state of Washington, uh, I won't get into the politics too much of it, but in the state of Washington, 
the governor makes all of your decisions for you there. Uh, and here, it's, you've got a little bit more freedom. So whether or not they're decisions that you get to make, or they're decisions that politicians make, or they're decisions that family members or children or parents are making around you, we sit back and we go, what does this really mean for me? What am I doing here? Three things today that I would propose for all of us that I think that are so relevant. It doesn't matter where you're at in your stage as a disciple, whether or not you're a new believer or you're a seasoned veteran in the kingdom. I think there's three things that we always need to do. Now, one of those things that we talk about, and whether or not this is part of the salvation process or not, is the, the, the idea of repentance. Sometimes we, we throw out the word repentance and we feel like it's, okay, it's the spiritual spanking of salvation, right? We hear the word repent and we think, you know, it's God's way of, you know, smacking us upside the head. And that's not it at all. Because the gospel... The underlying current of the gospel is repentance. It's turning away from our own direction, our own life, and what? Turning and going the opposite way. That's what repentance means. We're going in the direction towards God. And the story today kind of has that undercurrent of, uh, of a topic of what does that repentance mean? And the first thing that I want to just kind of throw out here is that we're, we're, we're going to suggest that we give up. Just give up. We go through life and we enter into seasons in life and we have an abundance and we enjoy things very much. And we enjoy the fact that God himself is a part of that journey. But here's where it gets real. And this is a parable that I think we have all read, but I want to kind of give it a different angle. So open up to uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 11. 11 through 24 is where we are going to kind of march through, look at the different ideas behind it, and see how this might apply to us. Now, there's different characters in this story. We have got a, we've got two sons. We've got a father. We've got servants. We even got a bunch of pigs. Okay, so we've got all of these things. Now, in some way, shape, or form, we might be able to relate to either one of these characters or maybe we relate to two of these characters or all of them together. It depends on which stage of life that you're in. And I would say, if you would allow me, that if you're anything like me, I look at some of the decisions behind me and go, man, if I could just get into a time machine and just go back and just have a five-minute conversation with myself at the age of 20. Amen? Just, just, give me, no, just give me two minutes, please. Or at 30 or at 40. And we have those moments in time where we sit back and go, man, if I would have just chosen this direction instead of this. Read with me. <clears throat> and Jesus said, a man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, father, give me the share of the estate falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country. And there he squandered his estate with loose living. Again, we go through seasons of life where everything's really cool, right? 
I, I have. Where things are just kind of connecting just right. As a parent, my kids are, you know, they're, they're chill. Things are good. My bank account's not looking too bad. Our sports teams are winning championships. Unless you're a Miami Dolphins fan. Buccaneers, right? Everything's going well, right? And we just kind of go in that direction and we celebrate it. But this is, this is our most vulnerable moment. When everything is going as I planned. When the estate has been given to me and I am just enjoying the bliss of the blessing that I am going in my direction. And aren't I so good? I mean, shoot. I mean, God even made, uh, made man in his own image. And shoot, I'm even returning the favor to God. Look at this. You know, what you've created is so fantastic. Aren't you so proud? I mean, I kind of walk through life feeling very confident. But what oftentimes happens is that I take my eyes off of my faith. I take my eyes off of my family. I take my eyes off of my friends and those priorities that mean so much. My time, my time that's spent turns towards me. Again, life is good. Our bank accounts are full. Our relationships are good. But when we start to lose the priority, we start to see that at some point our bank accounts don't bring the solutions to our life. Our broken relationships with family, friends, co-workers, brothers and sisters in Christ begin to take note Our life begins to lose purpose. It becomes meaningless. And we start to wonder, where did it go wrong? Have you been there? Maybe, maybe not. I have been there. And especially recently for me is I'm trying to grasp on to what I have done. And I try to grasp on to what God is calling for me to do. Now going on to verse 14, if you've got your Bibles... Read along with me here. It says this. Now, when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country, and he began to be impoverished. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent them out into the fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. And no one was giving him Anything. I don't know if you guys have moved. Now, again, I'm, I'm a licensed realtor in the state of Washington, so I was really in the moving business. I was in the business of ruining people's lives in a lot of ways because you know what? The truth is, moving is the worst thing a family could ever do. Amen? How many of you guys have been there, right? You have to go through the plan. It is absolutely the worst thing. And if you haven't moved, good for you. But you just haven't experienced the absolute bottom of the barrel part of life. It's like the 
the nonstop packing of boxes. It's the nonstop going to Walmart and getting more boxes and coming back and putting them together and putting stuff in them and going back to Walmart because we didn't buy enough, buying some more and repeating the process over and over again. When all the while the stuff doesn't go away, it's like it gives birth, right? It's like it, it multiplies. It's like rabbits. It's going crazy. And just when you think that you have gotten the grasp over the moving process, you reach open to the what? The junk drawer and you go, my lands, what is that? And it's as <laughs> it is as if Oscar the Grouch decided to move in with you. And as much as you try to dump this stuff out into the garbage, into another box, that stuff just keeps growing out of there. It's like clowns out of a Volkswagen bug. I mean, it's like you go in there and then you realize... And you go into your garage and you're like, and you just get, you know, the hair stands on the back of your neck and you're like, I don't even want to deal with that. And we walk away. It's moving is the worst. And we had the privilege of moving this year. And, and, and as I am just packing stuff up into the truck, we got, we got this trailer, this massive trailer. I mean, it was massive that came. And I'm out there in the pouring down Washingtonian rain, loading the thing up, going back and forth and back and forth. And, and, I, and I remember just stopping and the, the truck was probably about four feet from the wall. And I'm thinking, I'm not even close. I mean, I was just dead out of, out of just, there's no energy left. I mean, there wasn't enough coffee in the state of Washington to get me powered up enough to fill the rest of that up. And I'm thinking, why have I what have I gotten myself into? Number one, what I'm moving to Florida. And look at all this stuff that I'm bringing with me. I mean, stuff that we didn't even want that we're bringing with us. It's amazing. And I stop and think, man, all of this stuff in my life. And I start having like this midlife crisis of what in the world am I doing? I mean, I literally have the city of Puyallup tattooed onto my arm. I'm a Seattle boy. Like, what decision, what would possess me? What God are you doing to me? And I look around and I think, what, what kind of decision is this? Sometimes, again, God has to take us to the point of doubting things. Get us to the point of saying, it's, it's no longer in your control, Scott. You ask me to take control. And we have to get down to what they call the holy rot. The moment where we in our lives sit back and go, there's nothing more that I can do. Life was good. It was under my control. But look where I'm at today. The question is this. Have you gotten to the point? Are you at the point now? Or have you been to the point? Or do you feel like you're almost there to get to the point Where you have to give up. Where you're ready to give up. Give up on friends. Give up on family. Give up on marriage. Give up on the career. Give up on life. And again, trust me, that's, that's me. I've been there. The reality is that sometimes God has to allow us to get to that point. Verse 17. But when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread, but I'm dying here with hunger. I will get up and go to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven 
and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So he got up and came to his father. Do you see what's about to happen here? Now, here's the thing about God. We have to come to our senses. He's not going to magically change the moment and change your mind for you. It says that the son said that he came to his senses. Are you there yet? Have you been there? Now, the one thing about God that we do know is that God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's omniscient. He knows all things. That this God is a God that is so powerful that he has never run from any challenge. He didn't run from the challenge of creation. He didn't run from the challenge of man's first sin. He didn't run from the challenge of a corrupt world where he sent the flood to destroy all things, to return mankind to himself. He didn't run from the challenge of taking his people, Israel, and giving them to a man named Abraham. He didn't run from the challenge of his people being held in captivity, and he rescued them with Moses in his hand and sent them into the promised land. God has never run from any challenge that's been put in front of him. But we do know one time that it does say that he does run. You see, when the son came to his senses, he was at rock bottom. He was in the field eating, wanting to eat the sludge that the pigs are eating. Have you been there? Where you're just ready to give up. Give up on everything. You're tired of it. You're tired of the pandemic topic. You're tired of your financial topic. We're tired of the recession topic. We're tired and burned out on politics and anything else. All of this bad news that comes into our life. And sometimes it's self-imposed or sometimes it comes from the exterior and enters into our life. Are you there? Because here's where the gospel comes in. And I wouldn't believe this if it didn't come from Jesus himself. I believe that Jesus is telling this story because because it draws the best picture of a God in his creation. A God who doesn't run from anything. A God who doesn't turn his back. A God who allows free will of his people to choose their own destiny if that's their choice. But is ready when they want to return. So he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, number one. His father was watching him. And then number two, it says he was filled with compassion. And number three, God doesn't run from challenges. But it says here that he did run. The father ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. 
But the father said to his slaves, quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and let us celebrate. Maybe again, when we come to our senses and we turn, return to the father, here's the good news about who God the father is. This is the good news. This is the gospel, you guys. He's not saying, I told you so. He's not saying, boy, you've really disappointed me this time, son. Look what you've done. He doesn't turn his back. He doesn't shut the door. What is the response of the father? He sees him. He's filled with compassion. And what's the third thing? He ran to him. That is the response of God when we are turning away from our sin and we return to him. That's the good news. That's the promise. God doesn't lie. God is all truth. And Jesus is drawing this story to his people and saying, here's where you're at. If you are at rock bottom, if you are at the end of your rope, if you are at the end of all things and everything that you have done has been an utter mistake in your life, the good news is that the father is watching. The father is filled with compassion and the father is going to run to you, throw his arms around you and kiss you. That's anti to what the world has to give because the world is the opposite. You make a mistake and they bury you. It's dog eat dog. It's cancel culture. You say the wrong thing. You post the wrong thing. Whether it's right or wrong doesn't matter. And what does culture do to you? It crushes you. That we celebrate in those moments of watching people fail and hit rock bottom. We, here's the, here's, here's the truth. We have to be willing to surrender and come back to the Father. Again, let me ask you this. Is it time for you to give up? And here's the process. We give up. And now we give in. Once we're at that point of giving things up to the father, returning the father, we have to get to that point of giving in. Coming back home to the father means some things. Abandoning the old swine fields. Right? It wasn't that the father had to say, now listen, son, you really screwed up this time, bro. How embarrassing. My girls are used to me saying that. How embarrassing. You have have shamed our family. You've made us look so bad. I told you so many times. I thought I taught you better than that. No, that's not the father's response. He doesn't even have to say anything. The The son experiences the swine fields. And so the father doesn't even have to remind him of that. But I think the picture for us is, is brilliant here. Because sometimes we return back to our senses. We come back to God. And yet the swine fields, which we know are garbage, are still beckoning us to come back. When, when the father is slaughtering the fatted calf. When he's putting rings on our fingers. When he's putting robes on us. He's putting sandals on our feet. He's renewing us totally. And we still have the temptation to go back to the swine fields. Don't we? Amen? Come on, church! Amen? It's true. Why do I do that? 
Why do I do the things I don't want to do? I know better. And here's how we prevent that from happening. Abandoning the old swine fields and living in the presence of the Father. Prioritizing, restructuring, serving the Father. What are you putting into your life? Here's the thing. So once we give up, now we start to give in and put things into our life. Starting to fill our lives with things that are going to keep us away from the swine fields. Social media. Any of you guys into social media? Come on. I know some of you are because I see some of your posts. Talk radio. Do we have any talk radio junkies? Come on. Podcast junkies. Television. News channels. Reality TV shows. Some of those toxic relationships that we're in with people that don't really bring any good news into our life. Here's the exchange. Maybe putting those things on the side. When we're talking about 2022, it's usually we have, oh, I've got my New Year's resolution. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back in shape. I'm going to lose my 10 pounds and I'm going to look great. So when I go out to the, 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 the Boca Beach, uh, my wife won't be so embarrassed of me out there as I swim with the man of wars. We have these resolutions, right? Oh, I'm going to get my budget. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay off those credit cards. I'm going to, and it's all about this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. Resolutions. It's usually all about what? Self. So maybe we take those things of self. It's okay to have re- re- resolutions, sure. But we have to be our, we should be prioritizing things. Maybe instead of just weight loss, which is good. Okay, maybe, you know. Maybe again, it's that time that we're spending with God. Maybe doing the 2022 challenge. 20 minutes with God for 22 days. I promise it will change your life. Journaling. Taking the time to be in quiet time with God in the mornings. Before you start your day. Journaling. Prayers to God. Reading a chapter of scripture. A good place to start would be the the gospel of Mark. Just read the gospel of Mark for 22 days. I promise it will change your life. Opening up the Bible. Reading those things. Reading the truth. Listening to worship media uh, music instead of maybe podcasts or talk radio. But listening to worship music while you're in the car. Listening to worship music when you're with your children. Maybe it's being accountable to other believers and finding another brother and sister in Christ and meeting with them on a regular basis to talk about your life, your marriage, your relationship with Christ. And then... We talk about giving out. Once we start putting good things into our life and excreting those bad things, putting good things, then for us to be able to give out, in order for us to keep from wandering off into those fields, into those, those other cities and losing focus, we have to do what it takes to follow, keep from falling into these pitfalls. So here's just some practical things. Surrendering time and resources serving. And I know one of the things about COVID that's just been super irritating in the world of ministry is not just the loss of in the empty seats, but it's also the loss of, of people serving. We need people to serve. 
One of the worst things, by the way, here's a little, you guys want a little, here's a, he's probably watching. He will watch Russell. Hi, Russell. (laughs) Yes, I'm drinking a cup of coffee. But I'm just going to speak on behalf of my good friend, Pastor Russell. You guys want a freebie? This is free, okay? Saying things like, I'm not getting my needs met at the church. You guys ever, you'd never have said that, have you? I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not getting, or I'm not getting fed enough at church. Let me warn you, that's satanic talk. That's not biblical. The church isn't here to meet your needs. The church isn't here to feed you. How are we spiritually fed? How do we get our needs met? Let's see what Jesus said. Because I could say a lot of stuff. I'm pretty crazy that way. You guys could probably figure that out. I say a lot of stuff. I say a lot of inappropriate things. I say a lot of stuff that might bump people on the nose. And I'm not even from New York. All of us West Coast people are like, oh, tell me how you're feeling today. And the people from New York are like, I don't care how you're feeling. Give me my knish. All right, there we go. That's my... I love the New Yorkers here. It's pretty amazing. You never see a real New Yorker on the West Coast. And there's probably a good reason for that. I think all of the touchy people, oh, you gotta, there's a nice tree. I'm going to hug it real tight and feel good about myself. Like, here's what Jesus said. Boy, I'm just wandering way off here. Here's what Jesus said in John chapter 4, verse 34 through 30, 38. Do you know what? This is how you know how to feed yourself. When Jesus talks about spiritual food, I'm not, pastor, I'm not getting fed. I need, so, I need a Bible lesson. I'm not getting my needs met. If you want to see, I mean, if you want to see a, a clergyman go lose their mind and go volcanic, you just say those two things to them. Just, it's not good, you know. Jesus said to them, my food is to do, everybody repeat after me, my food is... My food is to do the will of the one who sent me. Wow. Okay, so let's break that down. Let's get all theological. Let's exegete this passage of scripture. My food. So if you're not getting fed, if you're not getting your needs met, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say that there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I tell you, raise your eyes and observe the fields. They are white for harvest. There's plenty of food to eat. And it is your job because God's food for you is to do his will. It's not just to sit and attend. Now I can say this because like, you know, Russell has to probably answer the emails to this. But the reality is, guys, just sitting and attending is not going to help you grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, there's all sorts of ways to help serve. There's all ways, all sorts of ways to do the will of God. But you just got to get up and put yourself on the field and play the game. 
Already the one who reaps is receiving his wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life. So that the one who sows, the one who reaps, may rejoice together. There's different things you can do in the kingdom to serve. One is sowing, one is reaping. But the bottom line that Jesus says, and this is the truth coming from Christ, is that the fields are ripe with harvest. And if you want to feed yourself, if you're not feeling like you're getting spiritually fed enough, then go and do the will of the Father. And what's the will of the Father? To go and work the fields. Amen? Now again, don't kill the messenger. This is the same Bible that most people have. You could read it for yourself. And the good news is that we could be going out in these fields and doing incredible things for the kingdom. Doing the will of the Father is to do what God says and obeying his commandment. What does God say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and what? Strength. And then to love others as yourself. Are you even doing that? That's the first will of the Father, to do his commands. The second thing, again, is making disciples. For all authority has been handed to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I will be with you always. This is the message of Christ. Are we making disciples? Are we serving? Are we giving our time and resources? If you're only coming to Hammock Street to take in the programs or take in the worship you'll begin to feel hungry, for sure. You won't be satisfied. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, says this. Each one's work will become evident, for the day will show it, because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each one's work. If anyone's work which has been built on its remains, he will receive his reward. You're only going to get what you put in, folks. Now, again, we're not saved by these works. But sometimes we sit back and go, why am I wandering off and still eating the pods of pigs? Why do I constantly find myself in foreign cities and I'm broke, I'm spiritually bankrupt? Why do I keep feeling so empty inside? Why do I keep coming back to these old results every single time? Well, look what you're putting in. Look what you're giving out. And in 2022, again, looking to be able to help build the kingdom itself, doing the will of the Father. Again, to do what God says in obeying his commandments. Making disciples. Amen? Serving. Finding areas where you can serve. Giving your time and resources. Start doing the 2020 challenge. Do the 2020 challenge. 20 minutes with God for 22 days. List five people who need the Lord. Begin praying for them. Invite them to Sunday or other Hammock Street events. Invite them to your home. Invite them out to coffee. Maybe those are other people that you just haven't seen here for a while. But looking for ways to be able to make a difference. 
And then take a break from social media and fill that time with worship, with the Bible, and family time. Again, there's a lot where we could sit back and say, I look at the story of the prodigal son. And you might be able to relate to one of the characters. And maybe at different seasons of our life, we take that role of the prodigal son. Maybe we're taking the role of the father. Wherever we've seen loved ones wander away. Maybe we're playing the role of even the swine. And the folks that are wild living, I sure hope not. Maybe you're taking the role of the servants. But regardless, I challenge all of us, me included, give it up. Everybody do this. Give it up. Give in. Give out. What are you doing? Where are you at in that phase? Got to ask yourself the honest question. Where are you at? Do you need to give up? Do you need to give in? Do you need to give out? All of those things, all together? That's for you to figure out with God. Amen? Let's stand together. And I'm going to pray for all of us. As we go into 2022, we're going into a new series. Uh, we also, uh, we are going to be having a baptism class. Uh, we're excited about going to the world's largest baptistry, the Atlantic Ocean. So if that's something that you haven't done that you would like to do, we're going to be doing that in a few weeks. Uh, Pastor Russell's going to be doing a course on uh, baptism. So if you'd like to participate in that, we'll get more information to you. Uh, Again, it is such a delight to be with this family. And again, we're enjoying Boca Raton. Ton, 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 ton. Whatever. You guys know what I mean. Boca. Uh, But let's do this together. Let's repent together. Let's fill our lives with things. Let's serve. And whether or not it's with the kids upstairs, it's Wednesday nights, it's whatever that looks like. Come be on the team. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, I pray that you bless us this morning. Pray that, uh, again, as we kind of wander in life and go through different decision making, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes, Lord, it is... It is so difficult to know what the right decision is. Lord, I know that for me personally, our family, God, we're still in that process of just trying to figure out what is going on. And Lord, we just need you. Got to pray for each of the souls that are in this room. Lord God, I pray for each of the empty seats that are here. God, each of these seats that represent a soul, Lord, that needs you in our community. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this beautiful story of falling away, of redemption, of celebration. Thank you so much for the gospel. Pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.